right, welcome back to Now What Shall We Talk About, Episode 7. Something a little different on this one. I was unable to, I shouldn't say I was unable to acquire a guest. I had a couple of them who were semi-booked, and then they had stuff come up. That's life, whatever. So I am deciding right now, because it's a lot of work, even though I have no research to do, because all I do is come in here and blather, to, and I'll say it in my portion of the episode, every other week will be a guest, and the weeks in between will be just a shorter me um, talking about something that I may know about, something that I may not know about. Who knows? Um, if you have an idea for me or something you think I should talk about, something you find interesting that you think I would like that I can talk about, let me know. Um, you can do that on Facebook. Just look up the name of the show. Instagram is now. Oh, wow. Wow. Let me do that again. Instagram is at now what shall W T A. Because, again, there's not enough characters for the whole thing, and I picked the world's longest show name. Uh, and the email address is not any easier. Uh, you can email me at nowwhat at talkaboutpod.com. <clears throat> oh, jeez. Cut that out. Something just jumped into my throat there. Uh, the email address, again, is nowwhat at talkaboutpod.com. And uh, as always, if you got some extra money that you need to get rid of, let me help you out and find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash N-W-S-W-T-A. Um, in this episode, I blather on a little bit, maybe a good 20, 25 minutes on uh, photography, but not general photography. It would be more for those who either have or want to get a DSLR. Nikon, Canon, whatever. If you're brand loyal, get what you want. Just read and research to find the best one for you. Uh, What I talk about is getting it off of that auto mode so you don't just grab it and go because you might as well just have a little point and shoot if that's what you're going to do. Just kind of how to use a few of the simple little modes, kind of get you started. I may touch on it again and get more advanced. Uh, Most of that stuff that's more in-depth will involve a little bit more video. This one will also be going on YouTube. And I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, I didn't set up the video for my intro. Okay, perfect. Um, (laughs) It was going to go on YouTube for my portion of it anyway, because there's some graphics I want to put up that kind of explain a little bit of what I was talking about, because even scratching the surface for cameras is very hard to explain without actually seeing it. So if I touched on something and you want to know more about, just look it up on the interweb most of the cameras you get unless it's secondhand from a dude in a van will have a user manual or something like that that tells you where to find these settings and how to adjust them it's up to you to play around with it to figure out how to do it on your own and i didn't think i had quite enough time for you guys although most podcasts are really short i don't want to leave people wanting so i conned or convinced my eldest son, oh, my phone's buzzing in my pocket, um, to come in and join me, and we talk a little bit about this and a little bit about that, and I thought he did great, so uh, hopefully have him back on here at some point. And, yeah, that's all I got. All right, guys, enjoy the show. We'll talk to you next week. Well, I guess I'm just going to start rambling away. Um, I gotta stop saying, um, that's my biggest, uh, my biggest thing. And I, uh, was trying to figure out what in the hell I'm supposed to talk about. Got a few people scheduled to come in, stuff came up, everyone is busy. Everyone's busy because it's summer, kids, work, life, whatever. So, I am probably going to officially, unless I get a whole bunch of people knocking down the door, switch to just me rambling for a much shorter episode. And then every other week will be a guest. Hopefully I can find some friends who will want to do it in that amount of time. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to just talk about things that I find interesting, things that I think you may want to know. Maybe there are things you didn't know you needed to know. So that is what I'm doing this week is just kind of rambling on. And then next week will be another guest. And I'll probably do something like that, uh, just because even once a week, by the time we get recorded, 
I didn't realize there was so much editing putting together. Then I do the Photoshop picture, and then I do the little video thing. There's a ton of work that goes into this. Not that I have any research for anything, but it is just a lot of pissing around. you got to try to get a hold of somebody, and then if they can do it, they can't do it. Then they let you know tomorrow, and then the next day it's like, oh, crap, well, I have one day left to record, and then you got to try to hurry up and get someone in there. And it's not that when I message people, it's not like, oh, hey, you're last on the list. It's just that I didn't plan on it like I had someone in mind. So when that person gets back to me, and if they can, awesome, but if they can't, then I'm left scrambling. So two weeks' time with just me coming in rambling, and hopefully that's okay with you guys, will be okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and I was trying to think. I was laying in bed last night trying to think of what to talk about because I can't just... I kind of need some direction. That's why if someone's here, we can kind of just bounce back and forth, as you know, random tangents, uh, whatever you want to say. But this week, I thought, just because I have random people, friends of mine, not random people, but friends who are kind of like getting into photography or want to get a DSLR or a digital single-lens reflex camera. SLR, single-lens reflex. Yeah, okay, I got it right. Um... Like a Canon Rebel, a Nikon D3400, or, you know, on up from there. But that's a lot of money. The cameras are expensive enough. And then if you want anything other than the kit lens that they send you with, it's 350 to $4,000 for a lens, depending on what you're looking to do. And if you're not making money off it, you're just putzing around, pictures of kids, whatever. It can be very expensive. But I always have people say, well, I, I bought one, and it takes nice pictures, but I just leave it on auto, which essentially makes it a point-and-shoot, which is fine if that's all you want it for. But then I find that a lot of people are disappointed with what they get um, as far as pictures back because they, there's a ton of things you can do with these cameras. So I have mine here. I just upgraded, as you can see in the video. Um... And this one may be the first full episode that I put on YouTube just because it's going to be short because I will have 4,000 ums in before the end of this thing is done. But uh, as I hit the microphone here, I had a Nikon, hmm, I think it was a 7NE film camera years ago, uh, interchangeable lens, and the E was like 100 bucks more than the 7N, I think that's what it was, 6N, something like that, because you could set it up to all the little focus points when you look through would actually attract your eye, so whatever you were looking at is what it would focus on, which was really cool once you got it set up. Unfortunately, as most of today's youngsters don't understand, is you got maybe 24 pictures, and then you had to mail it in somewhere, and then you had to wait 7 to 10 days to get it back to see if anything you took was even good. Was it in focus? Was it blurry? Did you get the settings right? It was a nightmare, and that's how it had been forever, which I have great respect for photographers from years ago with them giant, like, 8 by 10 inch. Yes, 8 by 10 inch. That was the size of the negative. Um, field cameras with the gigantic wooden tripod. It's like dragging a suitcase around out in the woods to take pictures and get a shot worth even showing to people. Um, but uh, it's <laughs> much easier now. And granted, there were some one-hour photo places you could go to. Um, Walgreens, I think, always used to have one. Walmart used to have one. I don't think there's even any one-hour photo places anywhere. They're all those whether it's Kodak or Fuji or whatever, the little put-the-key drive or the, oh, God, why can't I think of the little card, uh, SD card. You put it in there, take pictures off your phone, and print them, and that's about what it is. I like to use, uh, for my pictures, uh, those are fine for smaller ones, but if you want bigger ones, uh, I mean, print it on canvas, metal. There's places that do it on glass now. Um, they actually, some of the aluminum prints for fall colors with bright, colors are really cool it's like a brushed aluminum canvas essentially uh, it's white house custom color out of i believe it's out of the cities and everything they do that's bigger than 
like a manila envelope size, um, is taped to a hardboard and shipped flat. They don't roll it. I've had a few in the past where the places would roll it up and send it to you, and then it's like buying a poster when you're 18 to hang in your dorm room. You got every book you own and weight and dirty clothes piled on top of it to try to get the damn thing flat so you can put it in a frame. These guys actually do that, and you don't have to be a professional, but you have to create an account to use them, and it can be kind of tricky if you're not tech-savvy, um, and that's why Vistaprint and God, I don't even know any of the other ones, Mpix, I think, is one, why those internet ones are so popular, because you literally upload it, and you hit go. Um, for the most part, it seemed that the quality is good on those, um, but I'm sure it's better from a actual photography lab and i don't know if they have like the mugs and the pillows and all that kind of stuff it's more fine art prints canvas paper there's like nine different kinds of paper but the cool thing is when you sign up for them you get or used to anyways years ago for me you would get this little kit in the mail and it had little like the wallet not bigger than wallet size like the senior photo size pictures of just something and was all the same picture but it showed every different paper option every different finish option all that kind of stuff uh, and it was free and then to make sure that your pictures were coming out as you see them on your monitor you got five free eight by tens and the eight by tens through them are or were again like a buck fifty so it was well worth it to me to go through them because they were quick they're somewhat local being in the cities and it was easy for me I guess I use a computer every day so I didn't have any issue with it but getting back to the cameras because uh, I was just talking about where to get the prints because everyone has 5,000 pictures on their phone that what are you ever gonna do with them if you have a camera that costs you hundreds if not thousands probably gonna want to do something with the prints whether it's family photos uh, sporting events whatever um you don't just leave them sit in the camera they're meant to do something with even if it's sharing online um but it is nice to get a nice big print of something if you do take a picture that you feel is fantastic so i switched from that nikon and i had a digital rebel something something i 6ti i they can't, i can't keep up with it um four years ago five years ago and i got rid of that just because I never used it. It just sat there. That um, was going through my separation slash divorce and just kind of did a purge, got rid of all the stuff I didn't use, and ended up getting a Nikon D3400. Uh, it was actually as a gift, like, you need to get back into this. Here, take this. And it was the dual lens. It had the little shorty one and then a bigger zoom lens, and they're fine. Uh, for most people, they cover a wide zoom range. I think it was 18 to 300 between the two lenses, millimeters that is. But I wanted a full frame just to see what all the hype was about. So recently I sold that D3400, which is ASPC. I'm going to screw those up. It's like three quarters the size or two thirds the size of a normal 35 millimeter negative. So the lenses are a little bit different. You can use them on both, but there's some cropping issues, which I can't just talk about verbally because <laughs> you almost need to just look up the difference between full frame and I think it's ASPC-C, ASPC, APSC, whatever. I, I don't know what it is because I didn't care. I had a crop sensor before and I have a full frame now. And full frame just means that the sensor in the camera that takes the picture is the exact same size and shape as the traditional 35mm film negative. So you get less noise, better picture quality and low light. Um, and because they are a little bit more expensive, usually the guts in them is a little better. So you can take... Fa the, the frame rate is faster. You may be able to take 8 frames per second versus 4 and it will be able to process them faster. I do remember on my uh, the crop sensor, the D3400, when I would do night pictures, I turned the noise reduction off and just the processing power that it has to take when I would leave my camera set up for 10 minutes to get star trails, you open the shutter for 10 minutes. So it gets the stars like blurring through the, you know, the sky. And then when you would go back 
when it was done, it literally had a little red light on the back that stayed on for the exact length of the exposure while it processed the picture. So if I took a 20-minute exposure, I was sitting there for 20 minutes after it got done taking the picture, waiting for it to show me the picture. So it got to be a very long night. Um, I recently sold that and upgraded to a Nikon D610. It's a little bit older, five years maybe. Still has everything that I needed to do. And it is full frame, and I took some longer exposure ones at night, and it is like a normal digital camera. You can take a 20-minute exposure, and the second the picture is done, it shows you what it looks like. It's fantastic just because the processor inside of it is so much better than the, I don't want to call it entry-level, but um, the entry-level ones, I guess. But the meat and potatoes, I'm not going to get into too much because unless you have a camera and kind of know what I'm talking about, you're going to gloss over and be like, okay, cool, I wonder what Joe Rogan's talking about, and you're going to turn me off. So all I'm going to talk about is the little knob on top of the camera, if you can see in the video, which hopefully works. Um, every Nikon, Canon, Olympus, Fuji, doesn't matter. They all have the little spinny thing. They're going to have a few different things other than mine, but most of them will have an auto, which is basically you turn it on and it kind of does all the settings for you and you go. It's going to have an M, an A, an S, and a P. And those stand for M is manual. That's 100% on you to, to adjust the settings the way you want. A is aperture, aperture priority. S is shutter priority, and P is program. Now, everything that I've read, P is essentially like auto, but there's a few other things that you can choose to adjust. Uh, manual is obviously you set everything up. If you just turn it on manual and take a picture, it's probably going to look horrible unless you're taking a picture in the exact same conditions that you just were in when you used it last. Um, I use manual for very specific things if i want to take a slow shutter speed of a waterfall so the water looks all blurry you got to put the uh, neutral density filter on the end of the lens the little screw on thing it's basically like sunglasses so it tells the camera it's really dark and you have to take a long exposure to get enough light then it makes all the water look blurry um, otherwise the camera is going to say no no it's we don't want to do that and it will try to fight you on it if you leave it in auto and it just won't work star trails is always in manual um now, the other two, the shutter and the aperture. Aperture priority is what I am in 99% of the time. If you don't know what an aperture is, God help you, because it took me forever to just understand that's the number that's on the lens. It's the little blades that open and close inside the lens when you take a picture. So, for instance, this gigantic one I have on here is a 70 to 200 millimeter. That's the zoom range. But it is a constant f 2.8 aperture is that f number you see and basically every number you get smaller it lets twice the light in i'm not going to try to explain that more than once and i'm not going to tell you what all the numbers are most lenses the pricier ones will go down to f 2.8 most of the ones like in the kit lens will go to f4 maybe 3.5 and then they top out usually at like 22 and that's basically like the lens is looking through a little tiny pinhole. And there's two reasons I leave it in aperture. One is because it also helps you control the shutter speed by determining how much light comes in. But also, <laughs> this is a tricky one too, depth of field. Um, if you ever see the like portraits of people where they're just standing out like crazy, like the background is super blurred that's when you're shooting a lens wide, wide, wide open. So at like f2.8, or if I reach over here at my Sigma, I have the nifty 50 millimeter, that one goes to f1.4. Now remember, the lower the number, the wider open it is. But the wider open it is, the shallower the depth of field. So at f1.4, if I'm taking a picture of just your face, I can focus on the end of your nose, but your eyes will be blurry. That's how shallow it is. So if your subject is very close, you probably don't want it set way down like that because it's going to, like you can focus on the eyes, but then their ears and their mouth are going to be out of focus because they're not the same distance from the camera. 
So if your subject is further away where you're getting like a waist up or like mid-thigh up to their head, like standing in a field or something, that would be fine because they're further away. So the two things that that adjusts is depth of field and essentially the amount of light coming in. So the higher the number, the more it's like the camera lens is squinting. The lower the number, the closer you get to zero, the wider the, the lens eye is opening, but also the shallower depth of field. If you're doing landscape and you want everything in focus, probably going to want to go to like f13 or higher. It's going to be a longer shutter speed, but also everything in that picture will be in focus. Because what good is it if you're trying to take a sunset picture and you have some trees right up close to you that you want to get like the black silhouette of the trees? If you're on f1.4 or f2.8, you'll get that sunset real pretty, but your trees are going to be black fuzz because they're all blurry and out of focus. And that is why I leave it in aperture 99% of the time because it's what I use for what I take pictures for. Either I want to get everything in focus or I want just one thing to stand out and the background to be really blurry. And I can do that. You just spin the little dial and it adjusts it real quick. Take the next picture, look. Nope, adjust it, take a picture. Is it good? Yep, that's what I want to leave it at. <coughs> oh, excuse me again. And there's all other kinds of things. The other one you would want to use often just to keep you from messing with your settings. If you have it real close to what you want, there's a little button on all these cameras. It looks like a square with a line diagonal through it. One side has a plus, one has a minus. And that would be if you're Googling this stuff or looking it up, or if you have your owner's manual, user guide, whatever. Exposure compensation. You hold that button down and you flick the little spinny thing and that will go in thirds. So like, oh God, F2.8 to F2, the numbers don't make any sense to me. But that's the settings on the lens, how wide they open. One stop is twice the light, if that makes any sense. Why they chose 2.8 and 2, someone smarter than me can explain it. Um, but if you, that's your option on the lens. You can either do 2.8 or you can do 2. You can get into manual and start tweaking the shutter speed in there too. Or you just hold down that exposure compensation button and you can actually darken it or brighten it by one third of a stop. Instead of completely messing with your settings, just hold it down. You need two pictures that are a little darker. You click it over to the minus, take a picture, click it back to zero, and you're back to your normal settings. Those were the two things once I got those down, figuring out that aperture priority and that exposure compensation that really, really, really helped me. So if I was like taking pictures for someone, and I never was like, hey, I'm a wedding photographer. I want to do that. I got one coming up. It's my first, and I'm actually really nervous for it. Don't tell her. Um, and they know it's my first, and they know I'm nervous, but they actually, I'm a second shooter because they have a different person um, actually doing the real photography. But uh, I didn't want to carry the, the, the user manual around with me. I didn't want to keep looking down at the camera and sitting there and then it's like, wait, 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 nope, don't kiss the bride, let me get the setting. Or, you know, especially if you got somebody you're taking pictures with kids, you know, family pictures when they're walking through a field or they're at a park or whatever. The kids aren't going to sit there and hold that cute little face or, you know, give their mom a kiss on the cheek. They're not going to want to do that 30 times. So the more you know, like you don't even have to look, this is the button with your finger, slide it over to, done. Slide it over back, done. And... It just helped me a ton getting to know the camera. Even if you're sitting on the couch taking pictures like of the bright TV versus like the dark hallway, whatever, just so that way you knew the settings, you knew about how at what aperture at F4, anything slower than like one one hundredth of a second on the shutter, and it's going to be blurry because you can't handhold it. Even though you think it goes click, click, it's done. When you look at it up close, everything's blurry because just the motion of you pushing that button shakes the camera enough. So the other thing is tripod, 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 tripod. I love mine. I have like four of them. They're just cheapies. Um, most of them I got from garage sales or the Walmart. I think my travel one I got off Amazon was a little bit more expensive. But still, I think that was maybe 60 Otherwise, they're 20 30 bucks. If you're not making money off it, you don't need a, a Manfrotto $300 carbon fiber nonsense. I would love to have one. If somebody has an extra, drop it off at the studio. I just, I don't. 
I don't feel the need for it for what I do. Um, but then just once you get your camera figured out, if there's limits of your lens, that's when you can start looking at the different ones. This one I use for portrait, the 70 to 200, because you don't have to be standing right on top of them. You can zoom in and get a nice picture from a distance where it seems like you're right there, but you're not standing right in their face. For in-studio or like senior picture type stuff, 50mm, can't really go wrong. Gets you away from them far enough, but yet gives that nice blurry background. And then this other one I use, it's my Tokina Pro. Uh, this one is 11 to 20 millimeter f2.8. That was what I used for like my real estate pictures. It's like oh, not quite a fisheye, but it zooms way out really wide. So good landscape, sunset, storm pictures. That's the one I use for all those. Just because the 50 is a little bit more zoomed in, so you miss some of the lightning and all that kind of stuff. But as far as buying stuff, there's all kinds of resources. E I don't know, eBay makes me nervous. I bought stuff off of it, but some of them sites just look pretty cheesy, the sellers anyway. Um, but I have bought stuff from B&H Photo. I think the website is b&hphotovideo.com. Um, they have all kinds of crazy new stuff, but they also have a gigantic used lens camera tripod like anything video camera audio they buy stuff back from people so it their used stuff is all tested and it's graded uh, one through ten and if it's anything other than a ten it says why like is there minor cosmetic damage if it's really really cheap you look at well the front glass is scratched probably don't want that one even though it's cheap because your pictures are going to have scratches in front of them um adorama ad O-R-A-M-A, I think. Um, just look, just search for used lenses, something like that, and you'll find it. The trick is to find the ones that fit your camera. Uh, that you would want to find right on the Nikon or the Sony or the Canon website, whatever camera body you have, because there's about six different mounts where the lens mount to Nikon, and they don't all work. They're not all interchangeable. Some lenses, uh, my wide angle, I bought four that crop sensor d3400 and that is fits on this camera but it has a big black circle around the outside but it the camera actually shows me what i will see because it's not meant for a camera this big it mounts to it it works i had a different zoom lens with my d3400 that i kept and i ended up having to sell that one because it mounted just fine but the autofocus didn't work the little buttons that mount between them or there's no motor in the lens whatever the story was it fit on the camera and I could manually focus but I didn't want to piss around with that so I sold that and got this one um, you just have to read research read again do more research and then buy because it's gonna save you a ton if you have a camera store which we do not have around here I think Appleton might be the closest and that's two hours away stop at a camera store bring your camera with you They'll let you pop it on there. They'll let you take some pictures unless it's, you know, $8,000 Sigma, like the lens you see at the side lens of football games or something where, you know, you got a second mortgage your house to get it. Probably not going to let you mess around with that too much. But um, they'll let you try it. They'll tell you they will know what fits because some of them articles on the Internet um, just seem kind of hokey and the stuff sometimes doesn't work the way it should and when you're all excited and you hook it up and it doesn't work that's a bad feeling and that is about all i have to say on the cameras uh, but yeah i guess if you guys have any questions on how to do something i am not a professional i've just been dabbling with it for a while so most things hey i'm trying to do this how would you set that up i could probably help um, what I'm trying to delve into now is like the studio lighting or the um, off-camera flash outdoors, actually. Even when it's sunny, um, it looks phenomenal. If it's done right, you can't tell that there's a flash unless you know what you're looking for. And they're very well done, but that's some expensive stuff. And it's a steep learning curve because then you have to adjust everything on your camera from what you're used to because there is a fill flash. And I won't get into any of that because I don't know anything about it yet. I'm still trying to learn uh, along with the other 95 things that I have to do. The other thing to think about if you have a DSLR is to always, always, always shoot in RAW format. Some of them will give you the option of JPEG or RAW. Some cameras give you the option to shoot both. 
You can shoot them both if you want because the JPEG will show you a quicker preview on your laptop. But always shoot in RAW. It's basically like taking five pictures in one where you can make it brighter, you can make it darker. The only thing you can't do is adjust the focus. Focus you can once it's taken, that's it. But you can adjust. There's more adjustments available to you than there is in a JPEG. You can brighten and darken a JPEG, but you brighten it up too much, it looks like crap. You can see the artifacts in the back and whatever. Raw has a ton, they're like four times the file size of a JPEG, if not more, because there's a ton of data in there in order to lighten, darken, make certain adjustments, color settings, whatever. It's the only real way to take pictures with a DSLR. It's That's the whole point of it, is to take nicer pictures. And not that everyone is a Photoshop whiz or feels the need to do a bunch of editing and filters and all that crap, but I would also suggest knowing that if you take pictures in RAW, nothing supports RAW other than converters that convert RAW, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So it's one more step, yes but the end result is worth it. So there's a bunch of free ones. Um, sometimes your camera, Nikon, is kind of clunky. The Canon one was always nice, but where you import the pictures in, you make your adjustments, and then you export it out of that into a JPEG or a TIFF or whatever you want. But the programs that come with the camera that import the pictures can handle a RAW. That's the actual file name is .raw, RAW picture. Or not, no, it's not .raw. I think Canon is CR2. What, whatever. It's a raw picture, raw file, and you have to do something with it before you post it, before you print it, whatever. That raw format is basically like a negative, and you have to tell that picture what you want. Do you want it lighter, darker? Was the white balance horrible and everybody looks orange? Adjust all that first, then convert it to a JPEG. Then you can do whatever you want with it. And I would also suggest, just because I love it, I've been using Photoshop since, I think, 1997 in Mr. Hines' class, computer science, which I hope to have him on when he's done with his travels this summer because he is literally the most interesting man in the world. But I've been using Photoshop since then, and I know maybe 25% of the program. It's huge. It's unbelievable. But there's a photography plan through Adobe because you don't have to buy them anymore people used to have to buy photoshop and it was 1400 bucks for the whole program or whatever and it was just that like photoshop 7 and then when the new one came out you would have to pay maybe 500 bucks to get the updates to upgrade from 7 to 8 or whatever now it's all online it's like netflix or hulu where you just pay the subscription which is really nice because you can actually pick and choose what you want but they have a what's called a photography plan and it has the mobile and desktop versions of Lightroom, Lightroom Classic, Photoshop, and like Adobe Spark, which is the one that's pretty cool. Where It's almost like Canva for mobile, uh, but is from Adobe. And Lightroom and Lightroom Classic are the ones that you would want to use to convert from RAW to JPEG or to whatever you want. And it's 10 bucks a month for all of that which is way cheaper than it used to be when you had to buy it outright. But, and there's all sorts of, I mean, you can't swing a dead cat around YouTube without finding a Photoshop tutorial, as they say, and by they I mean me just now, because I've never heard anyone say that. But there is a ton of stuff, like for beginners. Because when you open up Photoshop or Lightroom, there's just buttons and stuff all over the place, and you have no clue what you're doing. It's actually very, very easy. Photoshop, I do not use as much unless I'm making funny movie posters of our guests from <laughs> the episodes here. 99% of the stuff that I do is in Lightroom because it's getting the settings and the color and the brightness and all that stuff correct from what I had in my head versus what actually came out of the camera. I've gotten much better with practice at actually this is what I have in my head set up the shot, and I can get it pretty close most times. There's always going to be some difficult settings, not settings on the camera, but settings in life where it's really dark or the sun is in your face or something like that. And just you can't get it like that out of the camera. So maybe in a different one I'll talk about exposure bracketing or how to shoot on a sunny day. Do not shoot with the sun at your back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do not shoot with the sun in your face 
because not only will everyone be squinty, but you'll both, you'll both, you'll all look ridiculous. Um, I had always done that because why would you want the sun at your back? Everybody's really dark then. Incorrect. You want the sun at your back and expose for the face. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Try it. It works like a charm. Open my eyes. It was only like two years ago I learned this, and it's fantastic. And it's the only way I shoot uh, outdoors in the sun is with the sun behind the subject's back. Um, as always, I've, there's since there's no intro to this one because there doesn't need to be an intro because I'm not introducing anyone. I have already been introduced. Um, going to give you, if you have any comments, questions, stuff about the camera stuff, just a question, or you have tips and tricks for me, because again, I am not a pro, please let me know. I'm always willing to learn. Um, email address is now what at talkaboutpod.com. Instagram is at now what shall WTA. Facebook, just look for the name of the show. Now, what shall we talk about? And if you're rich and you want to throw a few buck in my bank, look me up on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash N-W-S-W-T-A. And I would appreciate it. And as always, I see I got a couple more five-star ratings, not reviews, ratings on Apple Podcasts. I love you guys for that. I can't give a shout-out because I haven't figured out if there's a way to see who just left the ratings or if the only way I can see it is if they leave a review. But whomsoever did those i appreciate it very much and uh yeah i guess if you would actually be really appreciated is if anyone listening let me know if you know me personally just message me text me whatever um but if you don't know me use the links to the show facebook instagram email patreon or whatever however you want to get a hold of me and if you want me to talk about something on these solo episodes which i think I just decided I'm going to do that every other week just to give me some more time uh, for life in between to try to find some guests. I don't want to try to come up with something and just ramble for a half hour, 40 minutes about nothing. So if you guys could help me out with some topics, whether it's something you think I might know about or something I have no clue about, I can do a little bit of research and speak on it. Um, I would really appreciate that. So until next week when we have a guest... You guys take care. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Can you hear yourself okay in the headphones? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm going to sit back. What shall we talk about? You can push that down a little bit if it's right too far in front of your face. Mm -hmm. There you go. What uh, what should we talk about? <laughs> no idea. How about let's start? Let's start with storm chasing because you enjoy it, right? Yes. Why? I really like just seeing like the lightning. Sometimes that's that's all fun, but I do. It's enjoyable to just be out like in the rain and. Watching all the big lightning and some maybe if you get lucky, even a tornado. Yes, lucky. I've been... I couldn't... I've never seen a tornado, but I really want to. But not like as it runs over my house. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I want to see it five miles away across a field. But it's... I've loved storms since I was younger than you, but I can't... They're not that common around here. As many times as you hear tornadoes touch down. Yeah, like in other places. There's really not that many here. And those that do in central Wisconsin are either out in the middle of nowhere or like, oh, there's a warning. It was spotted. So by the time we would get from the house to the truck, it's already done. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, I really, really, really want to see one. But again, not like to be killed by it. I've seen yeah, Twister. Yeah. I know what happens. <laughs> it comes yes. after you. So lightning, thunder, or tornadoes, what's your favorite? Or tornadoes is it, at a oh, distance or <laughs> I do like lightning. Like not when it like strikes you, but when it like strikes near you and like the course. big boom. I like it when you can feel the thunder. Yeah. Like the dishes the in shake. the cupboard yes. shake. 
mm-hmm. that's there was that one well you were over the other day when mm-hmm. it I didn't see the lightning all of a sudden the power went out and a half a second later the whole house just shook yeah like right <clears throat> next to us one lightning strike it's fantastic and actually Kaylee lives down in Kansas Kansas City I should say and there much see it now if I was down there that's right in that tornado alley where you see all those crazy storm pictures and stuff Mm -hmm. i would be on the road all my money would be spent on gas just driving around (laughs) trying to (laughs) find some of those big storms okay so what um oh there was something i was going to ask you the other day and i can't remember oh um sports stuff I know you like soccer, but you also like cross country. And what did you think of track this year? I did like the long jump the best. The high jump I was okay at, but not that great. The long jump and like the relays I did like though. Well, and that's I high jump was always my favorite just because if you did high jump, then you didn't have to run all the time. Yes. <laughs> I never did long jump. I probably should have. But long jump, it's not easier. It's with high jump, you have to do it a certain way. Like if you have, you can jump really high, but if you have bad form, like you, you're going to knock the bar over. For long jump, you run, don't go over the line, and you jump. That's the extent of it, yes. So next year is actual... Like you do meets and stuff, right? Yes. For seventh and eighth grade. Yep. Those were always the favorite. Oh, if I could go back again, enjoy the hell out of it because it's, that was the most fun. The bus rides, I shouldn't say the most fun, but one of my fondest memories in school was going, because if you're in sports, I mean, there's some of those schools you got to travel where it's like a two hour bus ride. You yeah. get out of school at like one o'clock. <laughs> because you're in sports, so you, you get on the bus because the track meets usually started right after school. So yeah. you had to be wherever. We had to be to Ashland at 3.30. Yeah. Well, we had to leave it like right after lunch. But then you're there until 9.30 at night. But usually I, I would imagine they still do. But we would pull in somewhere along the way back at a Hardee's or a McDonald's and you just get off the bus and eat. And there was always people whose parents came to watch and you could go home with them. But I always liked riding the bus because then you just hang out with these extra time out of school with your friends and you get McDonald's, you get Hardee's, you get whatever. Um, So that's coming up. And I would imagine because it's school sport, you would take a bus Um, because I think hockey in town here is not necessarily school affiliated so like if you wanted to be in hockey and they were they had a a game in wisconsin rapids the parents just bring the kids it's like archery yes where there's no you don't take a bus yeah and are you doing archery again this fall yes you're you're sure does your bow still fit you might need to turn it up a little bit otherwise yeah but they don't it's not like your arm is too long for the draw for those that can't see me, I'm drawing my arm like Robin Hood. Because at some point, your arms are going to be too long for the bow, right? And then you have to, there's yes, physically there is a... like, but not, you have like six or seven years with one bow until like, I'll probably have my bow until like eighth or ninth grade. Because it, like, you normally you just, either you don't pull it back all the way. And when you do get to pull it back all the way, then you should probably move up to the next bow. Or if you, like, can't pull it all the way, you have it down to, like, a lower power and then you keep turning it up until it's, like, the highest power. They can adjust the Yeah, and once you're, like, pull. Yeah, and then once you're, like, the highest power and you have it, like, as tight as it can go back, then you probably want to get a bigger bow. Gotcha. Well, yeah, because yours, it didn't seem like it was too big for you. I guess I would just worry at the rate you're growing that it would be too small, but I never thought about them being able to adjust the the pull, the poundage, whatever, whatever they call it. Yeah. Win some more medals, shoot some <laughs> more, shoot some more foam animals. Um, what else? Do you have any topics that what what interests you? What do you enjoy doing? Tell me a story. Um 
How about Fortnite? We've been getting really good at Fortnite. <laughs> you turds got me roped into that. I remember when you guys first started playing, I was like, this is like Battlefield, but horrible. And now, <laughs> hey, Mike, Daddy, you want to play squads? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got? Yeah? I like it. I don't, I'm not into it enough to where I'm like watching YouTube videos on how to get better. But I have found myself, like I was just talking to Nikki this morning about the, the, not mission, what are they called? Um, where you get the XP if you do the stuff. The quest. Quests. Quests. Um, about putting, placing the boom boxes at the beach. And I was like, well, it just came out today. There's going to be a ton of people at the beach. Where are these boom boxes? And someone on the internet always has an article written with a picture of the map with like little circles, like in this little circle, here's where the four locations are. You only need to do two. Like I've looked that stuff up before. Yes, but not like walking. But I can't sit and watch three hours of someone else playing Fortnite or Battlefield or. Yeah. I can't watch. Like if you were sitting in the living room playing Fortnite, I'll sit and watch that. But I'm not going to actively watch yeah, YouTube to watch random someone. person. Yes, just who is probably way better than me because they're making YouTube videos about it. I can't do that. Yeah, the new alien stuff is pretty cool. Actually, I have a project for us this afternoon. If it's not raining, we're going to make a mini movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it should be. And there's a little mini. I don't want to say mini. A new business opening in town, and they invited anyone. Basically, if you have like a collector car, a motorcycle, anything like that, show up, and then they're going to take a little cruise around, and then they're ending up at the movie theater for the 4 o'clock showing of Fast and Furious 9, which we actually watched. And I thought about going in and just seeing the cars, if it was a thing, if it's not raining. I don't know if you guys have any interest in that. But who knows? Well, do you have anything else interesting? You've been so talkative. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we should have brought Nick with. He wouldn't have shut up the whole time. <laughs> oh, I grab a drink. One thing that does really like intrigue me is like, I don't really like aliens and like, like, are we the only ones or there? There's no way we are the only because there's so much out there. I've just always been like fascinated by like. There could actually be different people out there. And they might look exactly like us. They might look like spiders or something. They like, could look like a puddle of silly putty for all. Yeah, like, like we don't no know. Idea. It's just always been interesting to me. Yes. I don't think I've ever like seen a UFO. I mean, maybe once. Yeah, there was this one time we were at Grandpa's and there was like this little like green blinky like light. And at first I was like, oh, it's a satellite. But it, like, went across the sky in, like, three seconds. Like, it was just, like, new gone. Like, it went... I didn't think satellites move that fast. Maybe they do. But it just seemed to, like, way fast. Were you abducted? No, I was not, thankfully. <laughs> well, maybe it would have been pretty cool. Maybe it, been, maybe it was, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, and there's just some random motley crew of dudes <laughs> on a ship, like, yes. hey, Logan, what's up? And they had, like, a dance-off, dance, dance off, and then they put you back down. Mm-hmm. See, I was talking, I don't know if it was with Tara. No, it wasn't. I don't remember who I was just just talking about that exact same thing. Because I don't know the numbers. I'm sure someone does or the internet knows. Just in the Milky Way galaxy, like all the stars, those are all suns. Yes. And most of them probably are going to have some planets around them, whether it's one or nine or 30. We don't know. Yeah. But there's... I don't know if it was in the billions, but hundreds of millions of stars just in the Milky Way, probably billions, just in the Milky Way galaxy. And there's hundreds of billions of galaxies. So just by the numbers, to think we're the only ones who just sprung life, to me it would have to be mathematically impossible. Whether they're super advanced. Or way. Or just like... Like how life started here, where it's just like bacteria or moss or something. There has to be something 
And who knows, maybe, like, because they're always looking for, like, these plants that could have life, maybe they're adapted to, like, different kinds of heat, and maybe they're fine with super cold, and they could live on, like, Neptune or something, like, a cold yep. planet like that. Or inside, like, in maybe the core is where it's warm, so they live inside the planet, yeah, not like you, on the no planet. no idea what. No, I... I did, I was telling Auntie Tara that I've never had an experience with like a ghost or a spirit or an alien or a UFO, never anything close where I could kind of say, like even the light that you saw, I've never seen anything like that. I couldn't like, oh, that's a satellite or that's a whatever, but I really, really, really want to. Yeah, there's... <laughs> And you can't will it to happen. Yeah, it's either it's going like, to happen or, or it's, it's not. At school one time we were... I was st- when I stay after school to wait for mm-hmm. Mama to come. Um, it was just me and Miss Reiki in her home, and all of a sudden, like the phone just like flew off the wall. Like it was, it had been sitting there all day, and it like flew. It didn't like just like fall off because it would have fell into the garbage can right below it. It like went off and like landed on the ground. So we're like that's odd. So we went and put it back, and then I had to go to the bathroom. So I went in there, and there was like footsteps or like banging noises. Like I don't know what it was. But there was, like, maybe it was pipes or something. I have no idea. But, like, on the like in the wall or, like, on the side of the wall. So, at first, I was like, oh, that's got to be, like, pipes or Somebody's in there watching you poop. Yeah. But then I realized <laughs> that I was on the wall, so the... You were on the wall? <laughs> no. I... What were you doing in the bathroom <laughs> on the wall? No. um, on, Like, the wall that the noise was coming from, like, the other side was, like... Like the janitor's closet, and like there was nothing in there. Sure. That would be making that noise. The janitor wasn't in there, just banging <laughs> on pipes and stuff. Banging on the wall. Maybe Miss Rick. I always screw her name up. How do you say her name? Rayku. Looks like Rachu, but it's Rayku. It does look like she sneezed. Miss Rayku. Maybe she's haunted. Maybe someone's haunting her. <laughs> yes. Maybe we need to get her in here, and ask if she's had any other. Maybe everywhere she goes. Stuff just, just flies off the desk and off the wall. <laughs> yes. And then the ghost mm-hmm. followed you into the bathroom <laughs> and started and pounding on the wall. Banging on the wall. <laughs> you never know. See, I've never had that I can, and maybe when I was young, it was something just in passing, but like never. Something like indefinite that you like, oh, that looks. Yes. Odd. Something that I couldn't. Like, I, oh, you know, there's always stuff where you're like, what was that noise? And then it does it again. And you're like, oh, that's the, yeah, like the, the well pump running yeah, or something, something like stupid. That. Somebody's up using the microwave at night or whatever. <laughs> but I've never had one where I could not explain it. And I really, that's like number, like, if not one, close to number one on my list of things. It's like tornado and then ghost slash UFO is like one and 1A on my list of things that yes, I want but not to like, do. Not like a ghost where it's like a lady with black hair and a white dress on the side of the road and then she starts running after you. No, no, not, no, not, like, not that. like standing next to my bed with a knife in her teeth or <laughs> yes, something when yes. I wake up. <laughs> no. I want to, to like just a nice little... Cereal box platform. This, well, I want to see them. Like... Like... Right. Not like Slimer in Ghostbusters, <laughs> but like there was that lady in the basement of the library like before she turned into the big creepy thing and came at him but just yeah. like like something just floating there and it just looks at me and just is like red eyes in the basement and what's up just and goes away like just poofs into nothing like th- that's fine yeah just like what's up from the fourth dimension and then <laughs> yes. they take off something like that that's what i want yeah i don't need it like carving initials into my wall when we're sleeping <laughs> or shaking the house or anything because there's there is some weird Tons. stuff. I've listened to podcasts just on paranormal stuff like that. And these are act like police account. Like when they went in and looked at the house, they're like, there's no way the people could have done this. Like it was torn from the inside of the wall. Just random things that happened where it's unexplained. Like they don't, they don't know. They can't say it is a ghost or a they, spirit or a poltergeist yeah. or a demon, but they can't say that it isn't yeah, either. Like they're like, what is this? They have no idea. But yeah, that's that's very high on my list also. So I'm glad that you're with me. So I'm going to come bang on your wall yes. at night and see what happens. <laughs> Auntie Tara woke me up one day when she got locked out. And we talked about this on the show too. Um, 
the where my room was was in the basement, mm-hmm. but it was one of those houses where when you first walk in the door, mm-hmm. you can go down some steps or you can go up. So the basement window was up. Picture like the white house in town. Yes. Remember where the bedroom windows were up like that? Yes. That's mm-hmm. what it was like. So yes. when you're standing outside, they're really There's low, like but little... in the room, the window is high. Yes. And it, but it was a big, like, full-size normal window that was just yeah. up high. Yeah. So I'm sleeping. I don't know if it was yard light, bright night, whatever. And I thought I heard something, and I was fifth grade, sixth grade, maybe seventh, <laughs> like your age. Yeah. And I hear this. And I was like, what? Because if it was <laughs> Grandma Pam or somebody coming in, they would have just came into my room. Like they through would. the door. Yeah. Now you know I'm just like. Mean? Middle of the night. <laughs> so I kind of half woke up to like covers like. Because something woke me up. And then I heard it again and it was like. Oh, like someone's out there to murder me. I don't know. <laughs> what's yeah. Like what is. So she did it three or four times. And then finally she must have been like Joel. Like said something. And I was like Tara. Because there was those blinds like in your room where you can turn. You know so you can't see. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of peeked through one of them. And there's Tara out there, like, crouched over, trying to see in the window. And the room was dark, so she couldn't see me. But I was like, it just startled me because someone's right outside the window. And I was like, oh, it's Tara. Well, she had come home from college and went out with friends, whatever. And when she came back, we usually locked the house doors when we went to bed. And Grandma Pam, Grandpa Randy, somebody forgot not to do that because she Tara was wasn't home. home. Yeah. Yes. So all the doors are locked and she couldn't get in and thought it best to scare the crap out of me. <laughs> and she wasn't trying to. She just had to wake me up. And she because everyone else was on the other side of the house. My room was in the basement on the opposite side. So if she was bang, she could bang on the window as hard as she wanted. No one else would hear other than me. Yeah. But in that. 10 seconds of where you're coming out of sleep and you thought you heard something and then it happens again it was like i'm awake now who's Uh, knocking on my window (laughs) and why are they knocking on my window and then it's like oh it's just tara (laughs) it's not an axe murderer (laughs) or something oh my tummy's rumbling when they get that on the microphone jesus i should eat something um but yeah that's that's all i have that was my that was the closest thing to a ghost and then it just ended up <laughs> ended up being Tara anyway. Yes. No uh no serial murderer or anything out there. Yeah, that was probably good that it was just Tara. Yes. And not some random person. <laughs> With a dull axe. <laughs> waiting waiting for me to a poke my head. Stick. Yes. Like you stuck in Nick's eye that time. I did not purposefully try mm, Didn't you though? No, so he was running. Maybe it's something to do with Tara, because she was there also. That's when we were setting up the little ground blind out at yes. Grandpa Jim's mm-hmm. land. Tara was with, and the next thing I heard was Nick on the ground squealing the most high-pitched squeal I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> holding his eye, and you have, like, this sharpened stick in <laughs> your hand. No, 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 So what happened? He was running to go. I So I threw a stick like like a Frisbee in it, like helicopter spin. Okay. And Nicky was running. Into the spot, because we were, like, clearing the sticks out of the way so we could put the stuff in there. Mm -hmm. So I threw it, and he was running, and it hit him so perfectly right in the eye. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So you just tossed a stick, (laughs) and Nick happened to run right into the trajectory of the stick, so it poked him dead like a lance in the eye. I couldn't do that again if I tried. I hope not. He almost (laughs) lost an eye. Sounds like something every parent says. Like, you keep doing that, you're going to lose an eye. He almost, like, he had bark (laughs) in his eye. We had to take him to the doctor for that. They had to, like, take a sliver out of his eye or something. Must have sucked. It must have, yeah. (laughs) Feel bad for him. I remember being very happy about that. What do you mean? Like, they didn't have an eye patch? No, I remember being there. That actually, he would be pretty cool to patch. He'd be a good parent. (laughs) And he's kind of accident prone so i can see him eventually in life like with a hook for a hand <laughs> yeah, a one peg leg, peg leg <laughs> yes and a patch over his eye all he would need is a parrot and he would be little pirate golden Nikki. tooth or something yeah yes <laughs> the skull and crossbones hat kind of see him being more of a lawyer than it like 
N- not like the like he'll the be law. like the world's worst lawyer. No, he's like very arguative and very, maybe, but not like at like the law stuff at like the arguing part. What about like a debate team? I don't know if they have that in Medford. Yeah, because he's not good with like the numbers and math and science and reading. He's more like well, he is nine. The guy. <laughs> well, yes, but <laughs> yeah. But no, there's like a debate team where it's like um they they just give you a top like you're on stage and they give you a topic and they'll say. Uh, what do you think is the best way to, you know, is it global warming or is it um, climate change? Like, what are the best ways we can counteract that? One team goes up like one. There's like three, four people on each side. They each take turns going up to the podium and one of them will make a point And the other one goes up there and reacts to their point and then tells why they think they're wrong and then gives their own like mm. a debate like it's essentially your it's organized arguing it's your turn it's like if you're at dinner with the whole family and they have like the talking spoon so that no no did you ever hear that <laughs> yes yeah, like... where you can't talk unless you're holding the spoon so that way everybody's not arguing over everyone else that's essentially what it is or like the presidential debates yeah that's a debate mm-hmm. where it goes one person the next and then they ask a question one person the next but it's a whole team and I don't know if they go more than once each time or if each person, like, these two people have this topic. These two people have this topic. Yeah. I've never watched one. Yeah, Nick would probably have, like, which marshmallow tastes better or something. Like, nah. That would be a valid, yeah. We'll <laughs> see. I like my marshmallows old. Like, stale or, like... Not like, not like Lucky Charm hard, <laughs> but, yes. like, so they're... Not smashy. Yes. Not you, hard. As but soon like, as I get marshmallows, whether they're cam- for camping or just to keep and forget about, <laughs> I cut the bag open and put them in the cupboard. <laughs> and they get firm. Like, I don't think they rot. I don't think they well, mold. I thought you were, were going to say they get fuzzy. And then you know, no, I've like, never seen like a moldy marshmallow. A, a rancid marshmallow. They just get harder and harder. <laughs> And then pretty soon they're a brick. And then you can't get them apart. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. You got to get them when they start to get firm, but not but like not solid. stuck together because they get sticky too. Yes, otherwise you have a big marshmallow. When you cook your marshmallows over the fire, how do you do? You like them like blackened or like? No, I like them so that they're a little bit melty and golden brown. Your Auntie Tara would burn the outside. <laughs> That's what Nick does. Peel it off. Eat the burn and then burn them again and just keep doing that until the marshmallow is all gone. Like the char. What? Yeah. That's why you... she is the way she is. <laughs> Too much ashes. Yeah, Nick, Nick, like, he takes it and then he just spins it really fast, like, in the ashes and, like, the flames down there. So he takes it on and it's, like, on fire. And he's like, what did that then, happen? No, and then, and then he'll eat it, too. But, but Grandpa Jim likes that, too. Pizza, burgers, bacon. Burnt black, like burnt, burnt. Yes. That's how he eats a toast. You should have seen it. He at Rocky's one time. It came out with the toast, and he's like, "Oh, can you put it in for like five more minutes?" Yeah. And and they're like, "Uh, it's gonna be like burnt." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." They brought it back out. It's like piece of charcoal. Yeah, yeah. You take a bite, and it just turns to crumbs. And he's always done that. That's why I liked. He used to have. I might have bought a different one, but he had an old pizza oven. Big silver thing. He might even have one in the camper. I thought it, he had one on like grandma houses, maybe. There was one up there, yes. Yeah. It's the big silver thing where you slide, you put the pizza on the wire rack and you slide it in. That's mm-hmm. all it does is cook pizza. Yeah. The old one he had, like part of the heating thing had gone bad. So it just really, really cooked the front side, but didn't yes. as much cook the back. And it was perfect for us because he is a fan of the party cut, as they say, where you cut it in squares. He doesn't cut his pizza in slices. He cuts it in squares. I don't like that. I don't like it either. Because what are you going to do with like the middle piece? Exactly. Right? That's why. That's crust. what got me eating pizza with a fork is because I always had to take the middle pieces. But <laughs> what he used to do when I was little, little was he would put it in for like half the time, spin the pizza and then put it back in. But then the whole thing come out burnt. <laughs> and when I got old enough to be like, I don't like burnt pizza, he was like, well, you're weird for one, but two, okay. So he would just put it in there for the regular time and not spin it. So half the pizza in the back was perfect for me, and the front half was just black. black. 
like black, black. So he'd cut it in half and then cut my side in slices and cut his side in squares. And it was win-win. It was perfect. And then the whole thing went to hell. And I think you ended up buying a new one that cooks it fairly evenly. Um, And then we were back to eating burnt pizza. But I no, I don't like... there's not too much. Like, I like my bacon. I wouldn't say soggy. I like it cooked, yeah. but I like it tender. You do not. I don't like the fat. I like it like like venison bacon when it's mm. like fully cooked. Like, I'd like my whole piece of bacon to look like that. Because you don't like the fat pieces I don't on, like the fat pieces. Which. It's just like chew. It tastes like eating a piece of tire that's I soft. I would eat a plate of just the fat pieces. That's, no, that would be like. It's so good. Uh, no. Yep. And then you take a little bit and you, maybe you sh- we should take some and throw it in like the dryer. With what the, the? Because then the clothes will come out smelling like bacon. Or grease and fat. Yeah, but it's bacon fat. No, so yes. I have a jar of bacon fat in the fridge. I save the fat from when we cook it. Right. So if I do like, because then it turns hard, almost like butter. Yeah. So then if you're cooking, like if I do chicken Alfredo or if I cook chi- a lot of time with eggs, which I should have did with your omelet. Um. You instead of using butter, you just take a spoonful of that and you put it in the pan because it works like butter, hmm. but then it also tastes and smells like bacon. Like you have a little bacony taste to your eggs. eggs or chicken breasts or whatever you're cooking. I got that. I think I don't remember if it was Grandma Harder or Grandma Pam did that also. Oh, but you just take a glass, it was like a salsa jar or something, yeah. um, and just pour it in there. You don't want to use plastic, obviously, because it would melt, which I've done, but. <laughs> Yeah, there's always bacon grease in the fridge. It's the best uh, best thing ever. It's not like I could drink it, but... Yes. Uh, one got me. Um, It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got anything else for me? Are you good? Um, we can do it again. We can make some notes next time, too, if you want to come back. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Let's go make sure Nikki didn't burn the house down. <laughs> Burning down the house. Woo! That was a 70s song. I wasn't born yet, and neither were you. All right, sir. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.